I call probably 30 GI specialists on the list until I find one that has availability within the next week or two. And I just find it so baffling that no doctors have given me any advice on my diet considering what I eat directly affects my sludge and my likelihood of another sludge attack. That I... I just... Welcome to episode four of Sludge, an American healthcare story about how the healthcare system in the United States is just as broken as the bones of many Americans who can't get access to the healthcare they need. My name is Caitlin Durante, and joining me, as always, in the telling of the Sludge saga is my sludge savior, Sammy Junio. What's up, sludgeheads? Oh, we already used that one. Gee I couldn't whiz. think of another one. <laughs> sludge. B- I was going to say, hello, sludge madams, but that doesn't make sense. Uh, I liked it. I don't know. Anyway, how are you? Do you have any sludge that you know about? Uh, sludge, no, but I have a hole in my tooth. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. I don't have dental insurance. <sighs> Who does? <laughs> nope. Well, rich people or right. people. <laughs> I don't know. Jobs? Yeah. Real jobs? Wait, hold on a second. I have a jab. <laughs> well, we, we, yeah, but we're doing the gig economy thing. We're, do, we're out there gigging. We don't I have, have a full-time job. Oh, well, Okay. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> What's up, sludge sickles? <laughs> oh, good one. Thank you. It's like a, a sl- fudge sickle, but a sludge sickle. I think they got it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Hey, why don't you go play with your wooden sword? I will. Okay. <laughs> anyway, to recap what has happened so far, I passed some gallstones, a.k.a. I had a sludge attack, I went to my primary care physician to get a referral to see a specific GI doctor. But before I can see a GI doctor, I had to get an ultrasound, which confirmed the presence of sludge in my body. Then I tried to schedule an appointment with this GI doctor, but he didn't have any availability for several months. So that's where we're at in the story so far. Let me start off this episode by saying that as this whole story has been unfolding in real time, I have been periodically tweeting about it in this long thread that I keep adding to, and I've gotten quite a few responses and comments because, again, I do have friends. Just want everyone to know about the friends that I have. Very cool. Okay, so... The comments that I would receive on my Twitter thread were always one of three things. The first one being something along the lines of, I'm so sorry this is happening. I hope you get the health care you need soon. That's very nice. Thank you for all those lovely sentiments. The second thing that people were saying was something similar happened to me or a loved one. And it was such a nightmare dealing with the insurance and all the referrals and all the unnecessary steps. These were always from people who live in the U.S. The third thing people were saying was something similar happened to me or a loved one, and I was able to get it taken care of very quickly and efficiently. Shame on the U.S. and their healthcare system. These were always from people who, you might guess, do not live in the U.S. Now, before my sledge attack... I was lucky enough to not have any serious medical issues, so I wasn't fully aware of just how broken the healthcare system in the U.S. is. I mean, 
I was aware of it. I'd heard stories. I saw Michael Moore's documentary, but I wasn't the victim of it. I wasn't, it wasn't affecting me personally or really anyone I knew. So I tended to forget about the struggle that so many people face on a daily basis, which is a shame. And I feel really bad about that, about not being more conscious of it. But now that I'm going through all of this firsthand and hearing other people's nightmare stories and just being so incredibly frustrated myself by this ongoing process, it's all I think about. Like, I would say, Sammy, 90% of our conversations are like, hey, how's your sludge? Hey, how was that doctor's appointment? Hey, how's your sludge diet going? <laughs> like, Accurate. Yeah. So I am truly a shell of a person. Uh, and inside that shell is filled with sludge. Several so, sludge balls. So many sludge balls. Urgently several sludge balls. <laughs> so it's really been consuming a lot of my just thoughts and normal everyday activity. Like I just, I, it's so frustrating. And, and it is an ongoing issue because yes, at the time of this recording, I am still no closer to getting the medical attention I need. To give you a little peek behind the curtain, right now, as I record this, it's about two and a half months after the sludge attack on May 11th, and basically no progress has been made. <laughs> I am no closer to getting the medical attention I need, which leads me to more of the story. Yeah, you are on a cool anti-sludge diet, though. Yes. Yeah, I'll, ta I'll talk to you all about it. As soon as it was confirmed by the ultrasound that I do have gallstones, a.k.a. sludge balls, I changed my diet around very, very drastically. I cut way back on or eliminated entirely things like dairy, which sucks because I love ice cream and I love cheese. I'm very original, but I do like these things. Meat and eggs. I didn't eat that much red meat to begin with. But I do love chicken wings from Ye Rustigan in Los Angeles, California. So that sucks. Uh, I can't eat fatty foods, fried foods, greasy foods, all kinds of oil, any kind of oils. That sucks because sometimes I like to eat those things. I like pizza, okay? I have cut back on spicy food, which I didn't eat that much of to begin with because I'm a very boring white person. <laughs> and I have cut way back on alcohol. Actually, I've eliminated that pretty much entirely, which sucks because I like to drink beer and wine and tequila and things like that. So basically, I just started eating boiled vegetables that are high in protein, eating a lot of broccoli and Brussels sprouts, eating some fresh fruit and some cereal with almond milk and a lot of apple cider vinegar, baby. That's my incredibly boring sludge diet that has left me very unfulfilled and usually hungry because I love to eat. And it's truly one of the only joys that we as humans get to experience, that and playing with our wooden swords. So I just, yeah. Do you have something you want to say about that? No. Okay. <laughs> and look, I know that I should we should all be eating vegan diets anyway. And that's pretty much what I'm doing right now because the world is dying and we're ruining it by eating too much meat and dairy and all that stuff. But uh, I just, 
want to be able to eat a fucking slice of pizza without having a sludge attack. Is that too much to ask? Anyway, so as I mentioned before, though, me adjusting my diet was not at the instruction of any medical professionals. None of them have given me clear, definitive advice about what I should or should not be eating. I just read a bunch of stuff on, you know, reputable online sources about what my sludge diet should entail. Uh, and I've been following that and I'm hoping it's helping or like at the very least not making my situation any worse. I don't really know. <laughs> and I just find it so baffling that no doctors have given me any advice on my diet considering what I eat directly affects my sludge and my likelihood of another sludge attack. You think that would be the first thing they would say, but of all of the medical professionals I've seen and all the ones you'll hear that I will see, basically none of them have told me anything. Okay, so just a reminder that no one is good at their job, <laughs> apparently. <sighs> okay, so... Where we left off on the last episode, uh, I was given a long list of gastrointestinal doctors to call to see which one had the soonest available appointment. Because again, my PCP told me that I'd need to take care of the sludge situation in my sludge pouch urgently. Although she kept using layman's terms like gallstones and gallbladder. <laughs> Which it's like, did you even go to medical school? Like, please just call it what it is, which is sludge. Like, I'll be able to understand you. I don't know why you're dumbing down the language so much by calling it gallstones. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, so I have this list and I start making phone calls. I call probably 30 GI specialists on the list until I find one that has availability within the next week or two, because most of them, like the GI doctor that I was originally referred to by my PCP, who didn't have any availability till the end of September, most of them weren't available at, for at least a few months. But I found one whose schedule seemed to be a bit more open. So it was around June 7th that I was making all these phone calls, and I found this GI doctor who had an opening on June 14th only a week away. Amazing. Great. Beautiful. We'll call this GI specialist Dr. M. So I call Dr. M, but his office tells me I can't schedule an appointment until I have authorization to see Dr. M specifically, which I do not yet have. <sighs> because again, Due to the stupid healthcare system and its stupid rules, I can't schedule an appointment with a specialist without authorization. So now I have to contact my primary care physician again to let them know that I need an authorization to see Dr. M. So I do just that. But being granted authorization to see a specialist usually takes a few days. <sighs> So I have to cross my fingers that the authorization would go through before the appointment on June 14th got booked up by somebody else. Now, Sammy. Yes? If you had to guess, do you think the authorization went through 
in time for me to schedule that appointment on June 14th? Or do you think that someone else booked it before I could because I was still waiting on said authorization? The latter. The latter. It was. Oh, You're no. exactly right. What do I win? You win another wooden sword Yay. to add to your collection. That makes 14 wooden swords. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you have so many. You don't know me at all. <laughs> so yes, that is exactly what happened. The authorization did go through a few days later, but by then, the June 14th appointment was no longer available. But they do have an opening a week later on June 21st, which I do not hesitate to schedule. June 21st rolls around. I'm about to leave my apartment to head to this appointment with Dr. M when I get a phone call from Dr. M's office which, by the way, is over an hour away from where I live. Sammy, would you help me to do a dramatic reenactment of this mm. conversation between me and a staff member at Dr. M's office? I'll have you role play as that staff member, and I will play myself. I get this phone call from uh, a staff member at Dr. M's office, and they say, Oops, we made a mistake. Because of your insurance, Dr. M is not able to see you at the office where you have an appointment to see him today. Um, okay. You have to be seen at his other office in a different town. The receiving of this news causes my sludge balls to scream and crash into each other. I'm guessing physically I still feel okay, but emotionally I'm very frustrated. Okay. When is Dr. M's next available appointment at this other office where I'm actually allowed to see him? July 2nd. I'll take it. <laughs> Click. Okay. So, for whatever reason, someone made, you know, there was a clerical error. They scheduled me for an appointment at an office where I'm not covered by my insurance. So, I have to be seen at his other office where I am covered. I don't understand any of that, but I do schedule that appointment on July 2nd. Now, I want to take a minute to acknowledge my privilege and to acknowledge, once again, how lucky I am that I have health insurance at all. How lucky I am that I have a work schedule that's flexible enough that I can schedule most any appointment at any time. How lucky I am that I have a car that I can use to drive me to these faraway appointments. How lucky I am that I have a strong support network of family and friends who are powerless to help me, but who are doing what they can to keep my spirits high during this very frustrating and medically precarious time in my life. And I say that last point to remind you that I do have friends. Just wanted everyone to be reminded of all of my friends. <laughs> so many people are not so lucky. So many people can't take the time off of work to go to a doctor's appointment because they won't make rent that month or they risk losing their job if they have to call out for a doctor's appointment. So many people don't have a car or easy access to transportation to get them to medical appointments. So many people don't have the support they need from others to help them in whatever ways they need help. And I just want to say, fuck this system and any system that punishes poor people, because that is exactly what's happening 
and it is fucking atrocious. I would eat the rich if I wasn't so worried they would activate another sludge attack. Like, <laughs> the, I, I just, I'm so angry. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, I schedule that appointment with Dr. M at his other office on July 2nd, which means that I have to wait another almost two weeks before I can get any closer to receiving the medical attention that I need. And what happens at this appointment on July 2nd will just activate the sludge you don't even know you have out there, listeners, and cause it to erupt from every orifice in your body because it just... uh, It's so frustrating. So stay tuned for more of the sludge story on the episodes that follow of Sludge, an American healthcare story. I'm Caitlin Durante. You can follow me on social media at Caitlin Durante. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Sludge Podcast. You can email at sludgestorypodcast at gmail.com. Again, if you have any insights on why the healthcare system is so fucked up, please do let me know. I would love to understand this better. Uh, Thank you, Sammy, for your grace and your kindness and your just wonderful, again, Academy Sludge Award winning acting. Sludgy Award winning acting. Mm, Thank you so much. Where can people follow you on the web? Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Sludge Me Junio, and that's at S A M E E J U N I O. Mm -hmm. Yes, please follow that and all sludge related accounts. Apparently, sludge is a form of, it's like a subgenre of metal music, like heavy metal. Yeah, I think. Again, email me if I'm wrong. I truly don't really understand. But yeah, it's like a subgenre of metal and when i was like on twitter looking at like oh is sludge podcast is that handle already taken can i take the everything that i found regarding podcasts about sludge were about sludge metal music oof not for me yeah i don't think i would enjoy it very much either but uh hey if you're into that that's great i'm more into my own sludge balls in my body i've actually become very attached to them (laughs) And uh, I love them. (laughs) Just kidding. I want them out of me. Okay. So uh, stay tuned for more of the story on Sludge Podcast. All day I dream about sludge. Sludge life.